The following audio is from Cornerstone Church in Prescott, Arizona. For more information, visit us online at www.prescottcornerstone.com. I want to talk with you today about a valuable skill. I want to teach you a skill, and it's this, how to raise a person from the dead. How to raise a person from the dead. We're talking about how to lead someone to the Lord, that they can know Christ as their Savior. And at first I thought, well, maybe I should compare this to CPR. When I was in high school, I took lifeguarding classes and we had to learn CPR. And it stressed me out so much because I'm a, I'm a perfectionist. And this idea of like, you have to get these, these compressions, you know, at 16. And then after a few years, they change it. They're always changing the number of the compressions. And then you do two breaths and make sure you plug the nose and make sure the neck's tilted right. And it just stresses me out. And I think, man, if I was ever actually in that situation to save someone's life, I'm just sure I'd screw it up. I'm sure I would mess it up and the person would die and it would be on me. And you know, I think that's how most Christians feel about sharing our faith. First of all, we think, man, the gospel, this whole thing's kind of complicated. I need to take them to a pastor. I don't think I could do this. And if I do do it, maybe I'll get the compressions wrong or I'll get like one little verse wrong or I'll say one sentence wrong and they won't do it. And so just forget it. I'm not even going to try it. It's just too much. And I want to encourage you today with this big idea. And it's this, you don't have to understand everything in the Bible to know and explain the good news of salvation. You don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to be a scholar. And here's the other really exciting news. When God's bringing someone to salvation, let's say you have a coworker and they're going through a hard time, or maybe it's a loved one of yours, a child, maybe it's your spouse, maybe it's a neighbor. They're going through some really difficult thing and you're praying for them. And one day they're talking with you and it just seems like, wow, they're a little more open, that where there used to be a coldness, there's a warmth. They're asking, how does God help you through hard times? Well, what is your faith really about? When that starts to happen, it is not spiritual CPR time. It's spiritual raising the dead time. See, God says that before we know Christ as our Savior, and maybe you're here today and you'd call yourself a Christian, you've been to lots of churches, but maybe you don't really know Christ as your friend. Maybe you don't know with 100% confidence that if you got smacked in a car accident on your way home and your body passed away, do you know with 100% confidence that you would wake up in heaven, that you'd be with Jesus? When we talk about salvation and knowing Christ, we're talking about that 100% certainty based not on our feelings, not on our works, but on God's promises and on Christ's work on the cross. We're talking about a 100% certainty that you have a relationship with God. And, And you can be confident that you can share that with other people. I was thinking about this this morning, how scripture says we're dead before we know Christ. If you don't know Christ yet, God says you're, you're dead spiritually. I was dead spiritually before I accepted Christ. God starts to work on our hearts. And then we have a choice as God's working on our hearts. Are we going to accept Christ as our Savior? And when we do, scripture says that then we're raised to life. So I want to teach you today when God is doing that work in somebody's life and he brings that person into your path, how you can join God in what God is doing. And I want to encourage you that it is not spiritual CPR. 
The person's not already alive and they're about to die spiritually and it's on you to keep them alive if you get everything right. No, it's a matter of this person has been dead spiritually. God is the one doing the work. He's awakening them. He's going to bring them to a point of decision and he's going to use you to help raise them from the dead. But it's God who does the work. How many of you check email? Any of you check email? There's got to be more than that. Okay, your arms are all working. Good. Okay. You know, I, I hate email, but that's a whole other topic, you know. I'm like, give me a pen, give me some paper, give me a notebook, give me a stamp and an envelope. I'm an analog dude, okay? But, you know, email is what it is. And now, how many of you in this room, is there anyone here who's like a computer code master. You use computer code. You work with that stuff. There's probably two or three. I have no idea how all that stuff works, but I know how to check my email, unfortunately. I know how to check my Facebook page. Uh, how, how many of you drove here in a car today? Raise your hand if you rode in some kind of vehicle. Okay. You know, an average automobile has more than 5,000 parts. Every one of those parts designed by engineers to specific specifications for a specific purpose. I don't know how they all work. I don't know where they all go. But I do know how to put the key in and turn the thing on and push the pedal, right? And I want to encourage you when it comes to sharing your faith, when God brings a loved one into your life who needs to know Christ as their Savior, you don't have to be the engineer who knows every part of the car. You don't have to be a computer coder. It's a very simple plan of salvation that you can share. And that's my main prayer for you today is that you walk away from here knowing, yeah, I can do this. I can do this. And I'm not going to ask you when you leave here to go knock on doors or to tell this to hundreds of people. That's great if God leads you to do that. What I want you to leave here with is a confidence that God someday is going to bring somebody into your life. And the more you start looking, the more of them you realize. And when that happens, you can do this. You can join God in raising someone from the dead. You can join God in explaining the good news of salvation. God can use you to save a soul. God can use you to save a soul. In fact, I'd like you to turn to your neighbor and say, God can use you. All right, now if I was your neighbor... I would feel right now like, I don't think they actually believed that. I wonder if God can actually use me. So why don't you turn to your neighbor again, and this time say it like you believe it. God can use you. All right. Well done, guys. Okay, let's talk about how to be adopted into the family of God. How to be adopted into the family of God. Uh, Melanie and I have been praying for a long time, and we are in the process right now of adopting a child from Haiti. And it is this crazy long process. And I keep telling Mel, I wish someone who's visual like me would put together a map. 
that showed like, okay, you start here, there's this social worker here, there's this agency in the U.S., there's this agency in Haiti, there's the orphanage, you know, but there, there is no map. It hasn't been simplified. And my goal today is to simplify for you what a lot of us pastors and Bible teachers make way more complicated than it is. And that is how simple it is to be adopted into the family of God. I want to give you guys a map that gets people to salvation. In fact, in a moment, I'm going to bring up Pastor Dan, our pastor of evangelism, and he's going to give you a visual map that you can use to lead people to salvation. But let's start with this. How many of you, well, I won't make you raise your hands again. You guys have been doing that a lot. You know, most of us now on our phones or some of you on your cars, we have MapQuest or GPS or navigation system or Google Maps or Apple Maps. And and it'll tell you, you put in where you're going and it'll say, okay, you know, make a right turn here. Now in 300 yards, make a left turn. And then you miss, you know, it says recalculating, recalculating. (laughs) I love that voice. I want to give you guys a map, and if you've got your Bible with you, right now you can open your front cover to just the front page. This is for you, for your reference for later. Uh, On the inside of your front cover, you can write, The Romans Road. I didn't come up with that term. It's been around forever. The Romans Road. It's a map to salvation. And if God brings someone in your life, how about this? When God brings someone in your life, you can walk them through the Romans road. And here's the very first stop on the Romans road. It is Romans 3, colon, verse. Romans chapter 3, then the colon means verse 23. Romans 3, 23. And, and together, we're just going to walk very simply through the Romans road today. I'm going to ask you guys to read these out loud with me. Here's the first one. Let's put Romans 3.23 up on the screen. Let's read it out loud all together, okay? For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, you don't have to do this. If the person you're sharing the gospel with when that time comes, by the way, when we say gospel, it sounds like a churchy word. It is a churchy word. It just means good news. Good news. That's why a lot of times you'll hear me say that we share the good news of Jesus. That's what the Greek word euangelion, gospel, means good news. Isn't it unfortunate when Christians are not known for good news? Jesus wants us to be known as people who share good news. That's what we're to be known for. So let's make sure we know the good news. It starts with a bad, starts with a bad chapter, and it's going to end up really good. And the bad chapter is all have sinned. Now, if the person you're sharing the gospel with is, is pretty comfortable or you're comfortable with them, you can actually turn the Bible to them and point at the verse and say, hey, um, w- would you read this verse? That's a, a tip one of my friends shared with me, and it's, it's a pretty neat thing because when you say the words yourself, it kind of activates a different part of your brain than if you just hear, and you're used to hearing things and multitasking. When you start to talk, it you know, kind of wakes up the rest of your brain. So you can have someone read, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And you can ask them, what do you think that means? What do you think that means? Here's, here's what it means. Step one, if you want to walk the road to salvation, is to admit that your sins, what are sins? Well, they are our spiritual mistakes. They separate us from God. Now, of course, on any one of these words, we could go into a whole theological dissertation about God's holiness, our sin. But really, this is a very simple thing. This is something a child can understand, that we have rebelled, each of us, in our own way against God. We've turned away from him. You can explain that. So, so if in the front of your Bible you wrote Romans, the Romans Road, 
Romans 3.23. Then turn in your Bible to Romans 3. Romans 3 is in the New Testament. It's after the Gospels. You've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Acts, and then Romans. So, so here's the way I have it in my Bible. I start in the very front. It says Romans Road. Start at Romans 3.23. Then at Romans 3.23, I make a little note like this. Admit your sins have separated you from God. And then after Romans 3.23, I put the next step. Just like a MapQuest map would say, okay, now that, you're on, now that you're on Highway 69 headed towards the 17, when you get to the 17, turn right and head south. Okay? When you get to Romans 23.23, turn to Romans 6.23. Romans 6.23. And let's read that together. For the wages of sin... Is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now, wages isn't a word we use very often these days, but it is when it comes to tax time. If you look at your W 2, it'll say wages. Wages is what you get paid for what you've done. Scripture says you're a sinner because you're a human. We're all sinners. And everyone who's sinned, the payment for that is death. That's why our bodies die, but it's also a spiritual death. Here's the good news. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So that's step number two. You understand that sin means death for your soul. In other words, when your body passes away, you're not going to be with God for eternity until you trust in Christ. And you are not good enough To wash away your sins. If you're at Romans 6.23 in your Bible, next to it, you can put a little star and also jot Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9. Okay, because at this point, it could be, okay, everyone has sinned. My sin separated me from God. Now, so what do I do? You know, do I like give money to the church? Do I care for orphans? Are there certain things that if I do, then, then my sin will be covered over? will be forgiven. Well, Scripture's really clear. There's nothing that we can do to forgive our own sins. But the good news is, Christ already has done the work at the cross. It's a matter of accepting his free gift. Same way you'd accept a birthday present or a Christmas present. You don't open it up and say, oh, wow, what do I owe you? You open it up and you say, thank you. And that's how Scripture describes salvation. We don't open the gift and say, okay, God, now, now what do I have to do? We say, wow, thank you, Lord. So let's read together Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Now, I veered off of the Romans road here, but I just love Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 so much. So many people, when they, when they really open up, and by the way, I just want to encourage you guys, you know, I know it's intimidating, the thought of sharing your faith, talking to someone about Jesus, but the reason it doesn't work a lot of the time is we're trying to work somewhere where God is not working. And, and if you just pray and open your eyes and wait for God to work, then it's no different than someone saying, hey, do you know a good insurance agent? I think I'm getting overcharged on my insurance. You know a good insurance agent? Where do you get good vegetables in town? Uh, you know, someone asks you, and it's just natural to say, oh, you got to call so-and-so over or whatever. And, and, and it's the same way. When God starts working in someone's heart, 
he's working there. And you just say, hey, you know, did you know that, have you ever heard the good news? That it's, it, that God can get you to heaven and you don't have to earn it. Have you ever heard that? And if they say, uh, no, you just see, do they want to hear it? And if they do, you keep going. And if they don't, you, you pray for them. So you, you let God do the work. But when he does, it's really very natural. And when he does, one of the most common things you're going to find is people think they have to do stuff to get to heaven. How good is good enough? How much do I have to do? So that's why I veer off of the Romans road for Ephesians 2. It's an important little little pit stop, an important detour, because so many people think that they can work their way to God. Is this pretty simple so far? Simple enough? Okay, here's the next stop on the Romans road. If, if you're in Ephesians 2 or Romans 6, you can put an arrow and write, you know, next stop, Romans 5, verse 8. Romans 5, verse 8. Let's read that together out loud. But God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Very simple step. Believe that Jesus died for your sins on the cross. So you've walked this person. Now they understand, yeah, I'm a sinner just like everyone else. Not really, you know, it doesn't make me worse than anyone else. I'm just part of humanity. My sin separated me from God just like everyone else. And there's nothing I can do to earn my way back to God, but he's given me this gift. What is the gift? It's right here. While I was a sinner, Christ died for me on the cross. Very, very simple. Now, if you're in Romans 5, 8, you can put an arrow. Romans 10, verse 9, our final stop on the Romans road. Lots of other great verses in Scripture, lots more stuff, but Romans 10, verse 9, really just these few verses, you can share the gospel. You can help God, you can join God when he raises somebody from the dead. Romans 10, verse 9, I want to hear you guys read this one, okay? I know some of you guys are not reading it out loud, I can tell by the volume. So let's read Romans 10, verse 9 together. If you declare with your mouth... Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Isn't that beautiful? It's so simple. It's so, so simple. Believe that Jesus is God. That's what it means when it says Jesus is Lord. That is a word that is used all through the New Testament and the Old for God. Believe that Jesus is God. That, you know, believe that he raised from the dead, which, you know, if he raised from the dead, obviously he was killed on the cross, and you'll be saved. So simply believe Jesus is God. Trust in his ability to cover your sin, to wash away your sin, to save you where you could not save yourself, and you will be saved. It's as simple as that. I'm just going to give you guys one more point. This is kind of bonus. Okay, so we're done. We're done with the gospel, okay? What you just got in those four points, you can do this. You could share that with someone. If someone came up to you and said, hey, I, I want to know God. I want to have a personal relationship with him. What do I do? Well, our goal is to send you out of here today knowing that you could give him an answer. If, as long as you're paying attention anyway, you could give him an answer. And you could know it's, it's God's answer. 
Okay, you know, uh, Ephesians chapter 4 says that the, the purpose of pastors and teachers in the church is to equip the saints. That's why me and Pastor Dan and Pastor Clovis and Pastor Frank, the whole team here, that's why we're here. Not to entertain you, though we try to do that too a little bit, but we are here to equip you. That is, we are called by God to teach you to pray, to teach you to know the gospel, to teach you to be able to share the gospel. So that's, that's what we're doing today. And I hope you know as you go from here today, you can do this. I'm just going to give you one next point because oftentimes when the gospel is shared, this gets left out. And it, it's here. It's number five on your outline. Live with confidence that you are now a new and forgiven person with a new nature, no longer a slave to sin. Now, now, Jesus didn't have to tell this to the thief on the cross because the thief on the cross was going straight to paradise. And, and if you forget to tell this to someone, you know, they're still adopted into the family of God if in their heart they trusted in Christ. They're a spiritual infant. And one of the first things that you can feed them is this assurance. You're now adopted into the family of God. You actually have a new nature you know that old, that alcohol, how that used to control your life? It doesn't have to anymore. Christ has freed you from it. You're a whole new person, and, and that opens up a whole, a whole new chapter in their life story, a whole new life. They're raised from spiritual death to life. 2 Corinthians 5 puts it this way, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. With that, I'm going to invite up Pastor Dan, our pastor of evangelism. He's going to show you guys the visual map to lead people on this road to salvation. Again, it's God who does the work, but I want to encourage you to pay attention so that you're ready when God brings someone into your life to join God in his work. Give, give Pastor Dan a round of applause, would you guys? Good morning. That's great that uh, Pastor John got you all awake with all those calisthenics and all that, you know, raising your hands and all that. I'm going to, I'll try not to wear you guys, wear you guys out. Um, I remember in my life here not too many years ago, uh, a fellow said to me, on a scale of one to ten, with ten being the most sure, how sure was I that if I died that day, I'd go to heaven? And, boy, I thought about it, and I thought, God, I'm not too bad of a person. I thought I'd probably be like a 7 or an 8. And he said, wouldn't you rather be a 10? And I'm like, how's that possible? And he showed me something, a drawing, that that really just made sense to me. I'm a real visual person. Um, I love what Pastor John just Shared. Uh, I'm going to share something really similar, but I'm going to put it in a picture form. I've shared this drawing with uh, with a guy by the name of Rob at a Culver's restaurant. I drew it out on a napkin. I remember sharing with a mom and a daughter at the Waffle House for Waffle Iron. I'm sorry, right here on Sheldon, and uh, I drew it on their to-go box. And and I remember. Sharon with a, a young man by the name of Jonathan, and uh, that that was at the church. And he and his wife and I we sat together, and I drew this out for a man named Jonathan. And you're going to hear more about Jonathan here a little bit later. 
But the point is, you don't have to carry an easel around with you. You don't. And, and a lot of times, you might not even have paper or a pen. You can just ask the person if, if they have some, and you can just borrow it, borrow it from them. But I just want to uh, show you something that I believe is really simple. I'm going to ask you guys to look in your bulletin, and there's this little card in there. First of all, it talks about a, a class that's coming up uh, called The Joy of Telling. And I encourage you all to come to that. It starts next Sunday. Uh, it's uh, 1 o'clock to 2.30. We're going to do it four Sundays. And we're going to talk more about what we're doing here. But I'm going to, hopefully, we're going to uh, just encourage each other in, in sharing our faith. We're going to find out, really, how we're gifted to do that and, and really find out why God wants us to do that. And so I encourage you for that. But on the back of that card, it just says, I think it just says the bridge. If you just get your pens out, I, w- I want you just to kind of draw this with me. And it's kind of hard to learn it just one time, but I'll just share real quickly with you. I, I shared this drawing with uh, a bunch of volunteers at the Community Pregnancy Center. Uh, it was uh, last week. And the next day, one of those gals that was at that when I shared that, she went down, she was down in Phoenix. God put a 20-year-old woman in her path. And this community pregnancy center volunteer drew the bridge out, shared the gospel with this 20-year-old gal, and she prayed to receive Christ. And so that's, you can, so you can learn it. And so if you happen to, when I brought up that question about on a scale of 1 to 10, and you're thinking to yourself, yeah, I'm probably like Pastor Dan. I think I might be a seven or an eight. Um, you might want to just maybe pay attention. You don't even really need to draw it, possibly, because maybe this is going to really show you something today. But if you've said, hey, I'm a ten. I know Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I want to learn how to share that with somebody. Just kind of follow along. It's really simple. It goes like this. It says, God... Loves you, loves me, loves all of us. But we're separated from God by, anybody want to guess? Did I hear sin? Separated from God by our sin. And we know that. We feel that separation before we come to know Jesus. And so we try different things. We try by even coming to church every Sunday uh, we might try by by uh, maybe contributing to some great cause. Uh, we might come up with some great philosophy of ministry. Uh, I mean, none of these things are really bad, but the Bible says there's a way that seems right to us, but it ends in death. Pastor John talked about that when he said in Scripture, it says the wages of sin is death. So we have kind of a situation here that as you're drawing this for somebody, just picture that person in your life. I know God has got somebody on your heart right now you're thinking about. I just, I just know that's happening. Think about that person, and now you just shared all this. Whoa, man, that's, kinda, that's some tough news there. Uh, you can tell them that's not the end of it. Here's the good news. At a point in time, God gave us the way across 
He gave us this bridge across by sending his son Jesus to die on a cross for my sin and for your sin. It's the only way across. Here comes the art part, and I know you guys, I know you can't draw like, like you're going to see here, uh, you know, so just bear with that. Don't, don't take it personal. Just do the best you can. You know, stick men are sometimes kind of tough. And so here, let me just show you. People that have put their faith and trust in Jesus as their Lord and Savior, that's what they're putting their faith in to, to have eternal life, and that alone Pastor John talked about we're not saved by works, right? We're saved by grace. We're saved by what Jesus did on the cross. Those folks are right here. Look at that. I mean, look. But wait, wait, I'm not finished. If you put shoes on these guys, I'm going to just share that with you. I don't share that with too many, but if you put shoes on them, they really look good. So... <laughs> All right. If you think you've got a better stick guy than I got, come and see me after the service. Okay. So folks that are that have trusted in Christ are over here, and they're already, you don't have to wait. Eternal life starts the moment you, you trust in Christ, right? And so you're, they're receiving the, that promise of eternal life, of spending eternal life with God, his peace and his power and his plan and all those great, great things on, the, on that side. There's some folks that are kind of back here. And believe it or not, there's people right here in Prescott, in the Quad Cities, they're not so sure who Jesus is. They're not really, they, they kind of wonder about that. They've heard about him, but they really don't know. Sometimes people are way back there, and they just need to get some questions answered. Nothing wrong with that. There's courses uh, Cornerstone has a course called the Alpha Course. We do that in uh, uh, September. We'll start up another one. Kind of a Christianity 101. Great thing to refresh our faith or bring somebody that doesn't really know Jesus and let them get some of those questions answered. There's people, though, that are right here, right on the edge. That's where I was when that fellow drew that this diagram out for me. I was right there. And he asked me, he said, where do you see yourself? I'll just ask you guys, where do you see yourself on here? Do you know that you're over here? Have you trusted in Christ? Or, or maybe you're right here on the edge. And that's exactly where I was. And, and he asked me where I wanted to be. And of course I said, I want to be over here. How do I do that? And all he told me was, he said, and Pastor John just shared this, is that we need to tell Jesus that we're sorry for our sin. And not just that, we have to repent. Repent means just to to turn around, to do an about face from that sin. Does that mean it's completely out of our life right that second? Maybe not. But that willingness to repent, to turn from it, and to say, thank you, Jesus, for dying on a cross. Thank you, God, for sending your son for me to die for my sins. And please, 
come into my life. You be my Lord and Savior, Jesus, because my life is it's not going so well. I really need someone other than me to take charge of that. Does that kind of make sense to everybody? It's really, really simple. And it gives a person a, a real visual of exactly where they, where they are. And I love what John said about raising people from the dead. Uh, that's exactly what's going on. You might talk to somebody this afternoon. It might be that person that God put on your heart already. It might be somebody else. But you might be talking to somebody, and if you can show them this, wow, you can make them alive. And you'll know it too. Holy Spirit, really, it's the work of the Spirit. It's not, it's not fancy words. It's not a fancy drawing. It's, not, it's none of that. But we need tools, though. So I, I just hope you'll, you'll use this, this as, a, as a tool. If you want to learn to really get that down and, and spend four weeks with a bunch of others that, that really want to be serious about this, uh, come next Sunday. Uh, we're going to have an awesome time. It's just going to be fun. Uh, we're going to really have a fun time. So I can. I, I want to try to help coach people. It's not just going to be lecture. I just want to coach people. I want to equip people. I, I, this, there's nothing else that I love doing more than doing this. It is such a privilege just to even be able to stand up here and do this right now. So uh, we, it's easy to get excited about it. So, so be excited. But I had mentioned earlier um, about this Jonathan uh, and uh, I, uh, his wife is here today, Rochelle. I'm going to have Rochelle uh, come up. Do you want to encourage her with a... Oh, thanks. I want to just explain just briefly what uh, how we, we kind of met... Uh, we were, we were sitting, we have a coffee room at the Rossler campus. Many of you have probably been in it. We're sitting on the couch there, I remember. I remember exactly where we were sitting, and I bet Rochelle probably does too. And we were sitting on the couch, Rochelle, Jonathan, and, and me. And um, we were talking about where, uh, I knew where Rochelle was in her faith, but didn't, weren't for, wasn't for sure where, where Jonathan was. And so that was kind of the conversation that we had, and we're going to share a little bit about about that with you. Um, I didn't think I was going to get emotional, but uh, anyway, uh, it was in December of this year that that Jonathan passed away. It was in June that we sat on that couch, and you know, I just I remember, and I'm going to kind of just throw some questions out at you if I can, Rochelle. Uh, you know, I, I remember this thought of, of, uh, of Jonathan um, where he knew of Jesus, but he really didn't maybe know Jesus. Could you share your thoughts on that? Well, I know for many years um, he wanted it, but he never thought he was good enough because of all the past, all the sins that he had committed in the past and he didn't believe 
somebody could actually forgive him for his sins. When this was actually drawn out for him, Jonathan was a very visual person. And when this was actually drawn out to him, it made sense. Like a light bulb went off (coughs) that June day when this was drawn out for him. I remember hearing Jonathan as uh, we led him in a prayer of of uh, repentance and 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 receiving. I remember Jonathan and the uh, just the emotion in him and him asking Christ to you know to be Lord and Lord and Savior. It, what what did that mean to you then? What what does that mean to you now? I prayed for eight years. We were together eight and a half years before he passed. But I'm glad I get to see him again. That promise I was given many years ago myself. Um, I will see him again, and his kids will see him again. And that's one thing that I'm blessed God, that God has given me and his children. And not only that, I know you've shared with me uh, a few times, uh, just the change in Jonathan in, in those last six months, you know, after he received Christ. Well, he's, um, he was a more involved husband and father. He had addiction issues, so he was not emotionally there, per se, um, but he did in those, <clears throat> in those six months. He was a more involved father and husband. He actually did pray more often um, with his kids. Um, He prayed with them, which he never did before. Um, He was slowly overcoming his addictions. They were still something that he was still dealing with on the day that he passed, but he was still trying to overcome them. Um, He was more observant to his blessings. Um, He expressed his feelings more and... Um, like I said, he wasn't emotionally there, but he was just more observant, especially of his church family. He really confided into Pastor Frank and Pastor Dan about things. They had a few personal conversations that I'm aware of, and if it wasn't for Pastor Dan especially, he wouldn't be where he is today. And I'm very thankful and blessed. The Lord really used this, not only in my life, but in Jonathan's life, many other lives, too, that I've had the opportunity to share this with. I know there's some here that you probably, maybe you have your your own way that you do share the gospel. I'm not asking you to change that. Uh, whatever God has given you already, just stay with that if, if you're getting people that you have that opportunity to share with. But this was so easy, and it was for, for Jonathan. I could see it when, especially when he was asked where he was. He, he knew, I remember him saying he wanted a faith like his wife had. And, and he has that. He found that. And, uh, but he could really see himself. So, um, I mean, I just thank you, Rochelle, for being able to share that. It's a sad, sad thing that he's gone. Jonathan is was thirty in his early thirties, and um, it's very very sad. And he left uh, a wife and two children and and other relatives behind. But we can celebrate 
Can't wait that he's in heaven with his Lord and Savior. And just like Rochelle said, she can celebrate too with him one one day. Uh, would you just uh, give Rochelle another round of applause? Let me just uh, pray for us. Uh, God, uh, thank you for Rochelle. Thank you, God, for, for her sharing her story and Jonathan's story and being so fresh, Lord, with uh, just his passing being just a, just a couple months ago, Lord. Thank you for her willingness, for her boldness. Thank you, God, that you used your word in Jonathan's life. Thank you, God, that you used something, a drawing that he could understand and really respond to. And so, God, I pray for myself, for this whole congregation, Lord, that you would give us many divine appointments, that even today, Lord, we would hear of stories of people here, sitting here right now, Lord, that have an opportunity to share Christ with someone that they really love, someone that they want to spend eternity with also in heaven. See them again. And so, God, we just uh, give it all to you. We commit it to you. We thank you, God, for sending Jesus for us that we may be saved. And, God, we just uh, pray it all in the name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. We're going to wrap up our time today with some reflection in our own lives. And I want to ask you right now, who is the Jonathan in your life? Who is the, the child, the spouse, the neighbor, the loved one that very likely you've been praying for? But you know that on that bridge that they're on the side that's separated from God. You know that's where they are and, and it breaks your heart and... I know many of you have been praying for years for those folks, and I want to encourage you that God's heart breaks with you. and He wants just as much, even more than you, to see them step out in faith onto that bridge of salvation and get onto the side of forgiven and peace and eternal life. But I wonder, who's, who's your Jonathan? And you maybe need a little encouragement today to keep praying for your child, for your mom, for your dad, for your neighbor. Keep praying for that person by name. A little encouragement today that, you know, Easter service is coming up April 20th. You can start praying about inviting that person to Easter, that that person will be responsive. We're going to have a really dynamic gospel presentation on April 20th. But also praying that God would just give you the confidence because you're the most likely person that God's going to use in that person's life. And they're not in your life by accident. He put them in your life for a purpose. So who's your Jonathan? Will you be praying for them? Will you, will you keep these notes? Maybe review them on occasion as you pray for them. God, when that time comes, I want to be used by you to raise them from death spiritually to life eternal. You know, we don't think about it, especially when we're young and healthy, but the mortality rate 
in every country and in every income bracket is still 100%. Every man and woman on the face of this earth right now will not be here in about 100 years. And for most of us, it's a lot sooner than that. And then there's guys like Jonathan in his early 30s. I remember sitting with Jonathan and Rochelle there at the church over a meal, hanging out together. You you never know when God's going to call anyone into eternity. And there's just two options for eternity. There's there's with God in heaven and there's the other the other side separated from God in darkness. So who's your Jonathan? If God's working in your heart and you think, "Boy, I really want to be equipped," as Pastor Dan mentioned, that Joy of Telling class starts next week on Sunday at Rosser. On your Hi There card, you could write Joy of Telling or class, your info, drop that in the offering when we take it in a moment, and we'll get you signed up for that class. Be praying for your Jonathan. And finally, I just want to ask you personally, which side of that bridge are you on? Are you, are you still on this side of you, and underneath you is all the things that come with sin? Anxiety, worry, loneliness... Eventually death? Or, or have you stepped out in faith? Are you on this side of God's peace, God's life, eternal life? Have you accepted that free gift of salvation? I'm going to pray right now, give you an opportunity to pray along with me. It's not a magic set of words that gets us into heaven. It's not a secret code, like you have to knock on the door three times and then rattle the knob and get the words just right, and God will let you in. God wants you in. He's just waiting for you to be humble enough to say, God, I'm sorry. I know I'm a sinner. I believe you died on the cross for me. Thank you. Lord, will you please be my Savior? Will you give me a new life Let's bow our heads. Let's pray that together right now. If any of you have never prayed that before, you can pray it in your heart with me. Dear Jesus, thank you that you love me. Lord, I know that I have sinned. I know my sin separates me from you. And Lord, I'm sorry. I repent of that. Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross for my sin, and I trust in you. I trust that you paid the penalty for my sins. Jesus, I ask you as Almighty God to be the Lord and the Savior of my life. Adopt me into your family. Make me a new person. With our eyes closed, if you've prayed that today for the first time or even as a recommitment, would you raise your hand just so that I can see, so Pastor Dan can see? Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. Thank you. For all of you, whether you want to pray with Pastor Dan or me for yourself or for someone you love, for the Jonathan in your life, we have prayer partners at the front here following every service. I'm going to close us in prayer now. Father, we thank you that you're at work in our lives today. We pray Lord, for all the Jonathans who are represented in this room, Lord, I know that there are moms, there are sons, there are daughters. We love them dearly, and Lord, we believe that you love them. You tell us in your word that you desire for all people to come to salvation. 
So, Lord, we pray for them and we believe in faith that you put us in their lives to work a miracle. And God, you're going to do the miracle and it's intimidating to us. But, Lord, because we believe you're going to save them, we're preparing ourselves. We know it's coming. We pray for their salvation in faith and we know it's coming. So when it comes, Lord, help us to not be caught flat-footed. Help us to be able to turn to the front of that Bible and say, yeah, I can map quest you right through this. Let's start in Romans 3. I can draw this out for you. You can see how it works. Lord, I pray for the brothers and sisters in here that by your almighty power and by the work of your Holy Spirit that they would get to sit down and pray with their moms, pray with their sons, pray with their daughters, pray with their neighbors, pray with their coworkers, pray with waiters and waitresses who they never expected, that they would be used by you to bear fruit that remains, that they would be used by you to raise the dead. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the audio from Cornerstone Church in Prescott, Arizona. For more information, visit us online at www.prescottcornerstone.com.